The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley, and with me tonight is Father William Jenkins from the Society of St. Pius V. He's also the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Father. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good, Father. Thanks for being here tonight. Absolutely. Father, our first email comes in concerning Bishop Brown and his consecration of uh, Shakart. And this viewer writes in and says, I just wanted to inform you of something that both you and I were unaware of at the time and uh, has a couple questions regarding this. She says, I had once asked you if Bishop Brown could have perhaps been Catholic at the time that he had ordained and consecrated Shakart. That is, by means of his making an abjuration of error and a profession of faith. Neither you nor I had heard that Bishop Brown had made an abjuration of error and profession of faith before ordaining and consecrating Shakart. So you and I could not assume that he had done so. I just found out from a person who used to be a religious brother with the CMRI around the time of Shakart that Bishop Brown did in fact make an abjuration of error and profession of faith before ordaining and consecrating Shakart. Does this not mean that Bishop Brown was in fact Catholic at the time he ordained and consecrated Shakart, and that the ordination and consecration was in fact traditional? No. Okay. I don't know who's writing that. I don't know who said they asked me this question. Um, if so, it must have been 20 years ago, perhaps. I don't know. But I've known for quite some time that uh, allegedly, allegedly, okay, uh, Daniel Q. Brown, uh, who had left the Catholic Church to get himself ordained and consecrated with the old Catholic schismatics, uh, and then and subsequently was called upon to consecrate uh, Francis Schuckart. Uh, actually, when we, it took place in Sandusky, Ohio, back in the early 1970s, I believe, that Daniel Q. Brown uh, had allegedly made a, a, a profession of faith, an abjuration of, of error and a profession of faith, uh, before consecrating Francis Schuckart. Okay. That, that would not make a man a Catholic just doing that before a crowd of people in a hotel room, which is what happened. Um, that is not what the church has in mind by making a profession, an abjuration of error and a profession of faith before a group of people in a hotel room and then proceeding to consecrate somebody a bishop. Not only that, but if someone were to have left the church for the sake of receiving uh, holy orders and then wants to come back, the church does not let him come back as a functioning priest or a functioning bishop. One cannot leave the Catholic Church in order to receive holy orders and then come back and expect to be received back <clears throat> with the orders that he stole essentially outside the Catholic Church. Uh, that is absolutely forbidden by the Church. And that certainly could not have made Francis Schuckard a Catholic bishop by any means. Okay. So the answer to that question is, even if uh, Daniel Kubrown did in fact make an abjuration of error and a profession of faith, uh, that that would not have made him Catholic, it would not have made him a Catholic bishop, certainly. Would not have made him a Catholic priest, certainly. <clears throat> and he could not function as a Catholic priest or a Catholic bishop, and he could not make a Catholic priest or a Catholic bishop, period. Okay. Of Francis Schuckard or anybody else. Right. 
Daniel Q. Brown was a sign painter. <clears throat> that's his background, that's his training, that's his formal education in terms of his avocation and uh, it's, not, it's not really an adequate preparation for the priesthood or for the episcopacy anyway. It makes a mockery of what it is not only to be a bishop, to be makes a mockery not only what it is to be a priest, it makes a mockery of what it is to be a Catholic. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, you cannot have a schismatic who simply decides he's going to make a, an abjuration error in a, in a profession of faith in a hotel room in Sandusky, Ohio, and that makes him a Catholic and a Catholic priest and a Catholic bishop. Right. I, I don't know how, how to say it anymore clearly. The answer is no. Okay, fair enough. Next question, Father. My only choice for Mass locally is Unicum SSPX, with the exception that SSPV comes once per month. I attend the SSPV Mass when it is available, but the other Sundays I attend Mass at the SSPX Chapel. Am I committing a sin by attending and receiving Holy Communion at the Unicum Masses? I don't think so. There are other traditional priests uh, who would say that well, I don't know if they'd say that you are. There, there are probably some who would say that you definitely are. I see this unicum question. Um, that is, well, what, what they mean is by unicum. Okay, the, the, the priest at the altar is during the canon of the mass saying he is one in faith with Francis, one in faith with the local Novus Ordo bishop. Okay, <clears throat> I have known, I have known traditional priests who have said that during the count of the Mass. I could not say that in good conscience. But I've known traditional priests who have because they think they're giving the benefit of the doubt. And they think they are entitled to give the benefit of the doubt. I think they're wrong, I think they're confused, but I can't say that they are not Catholics because I think they're mistaken. <clears throat> and so I don't think people are committing sin. There are, there are, there are those notably took um, clergy who would say it is mortally sinful to attend such a Mass. Uh, I, I am not prepared to say that. I don't believe that is necessarily so. Uh, I think the time may come, though, when the Unicum people, like the Society of St. Pius X, formalize their uh, relationship with the Novus Ordo Church to the point where they consider themselves to be part of the Novus Ordo Church, and the Novus Ordo Church actually formally considers them to be part of their church also. That they, they've basically absorbed the um, Society of St. Pius X into the fold of the Novus Ordo Church to say that they are part of us, they are functioning as, as, uh, as we are, and they are representing us in all that they do. Uh, when they formalize that relationship, then I would say, by all means, it would be sinful and mortally sinful to attend them. Um, they have not done that yet that I know of, okay? Oh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that, it, that is being kept from the people. Um, but uh, I do not know that they have formally uh, united themselves to the Novus Ordo Church, the Novus Ordo hierarchy, such that they consider themselves to be simply an extension of the Novus Ordo. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, until they do, I, I, I would, I, I'm not ready to say that one who goes to Mass because he has no alternative there uh, would be committing a mortal sin. I would say this, though, uh, the very least that I could say 
is that one has to be very careful about the Society of St. Pius X because they have clergymen who are offering mass and hearing confessions and functioning in their chapels who are in Novus Ordo ordained with a with new rite and by the Novus Ordo bishops. And uh, that one should not trust them to be validly ordained or consecrated. That one cannot trust that the hosts that they consecrated their masses, even if they even if they do so at a traditional mass, otherwise traditional mass, uh, are are validly consecrated. And um, any more than I can trust that a clergyman ordained in a novus ordo ordination ceremony is necessarily ordained a Catholic priest. So uh, I would say one cannot trust the Society of Saint Pius X. And one would have to really do some very serious inquiries to see if the priests who are consecrating the hosts and hearing the confessions are ordained in the traditional rite by a truly traditional Catholic bishop who himself was ordained and consecrated by a truly traditional Catholic bishop in the traditional rite. And that they don't have in their lineage somewhere a Novus Ordo priest <clears throat> become Novus Ordo bishop who was ordained or consecrated in, in the new rite. Mm -hmm. Father, do you think that the Society of St. Pius X will eventually formalize their relationship with modernist realm? And if, if they do, what would be the uh, what would be the I think the way they're heading now, their avowed intention is to do that. Okay. And what would be the Which I think would be suicidal for traditional Catholicism within that. I think that the devil will have won that. I think Archbishop Lefebvre would be totally against that. He was trying to formalize that relationship once. And he realized the, the mistake, the grave mistake that it was. And he <clears throat> had both the, the, the wisdom, perspicacity, and the humility to acknowledge that it was a mistake. <clears throat> and to reverse that. Even after he had formalized, by signing on the dotted line, as it were, a protocol with the Vatican, he acknowledged that it was a mistake, and he, he, he simply um, uh, annulled it. <clears throat> And went went forward. Uh, the current uh, leadership of the society is, does not have the wisdom, perspicacity, or perhaps humility. I don't know <clears throat> to acknowledge that this is a terrible blunder, playing right into the hands of of modernist Rome, as Archbishop Lefebvre called it. If they, as I say, are get to that point where they formalize that that they are actually part of the Novus Ordo, officially part of the Novus Ordo Church and uh, speak, uh, you know, as part of the Novus Ordo Church and function as part of the Novus Ordo Church. And I would say that a traditional Catholic can have nothing to do with this, uh, cannot attend its services um, without, without sin. I think it's impossible. If this does happen, Father, do you think that there would be any sort of exodus from the society with... Uh, I don't know what to expect of the people in society anymore. I think they've been so brainwashed largely so completely brainwashed by this whole idea of the false principles of uh, the, as I say, the current ecumenical leadership of the Society of St. Pius X, they're ecumenists. They actually want to be formally uh, united with a, a religion, a church, which has a, a religion that is alien to and contrary to a, the traditional Catholic religion. Uh, a religion that is the, the practice of a false faith, modernism, Modernism is a false belief system, which is antithetical to true Catholic, Catholic faith. But Pius X made it very clear in his encyclical Bishendi in 1907. 
that modernism is the worst enemy the church has ever faced. It, it is the death of all true faith and true religion. That the objective of modernism is to destroy the very concept of what supernatural faith is. So how could one have a clearer voice than that of St. Pius X? And how could one violate that more formally than the Society of St. Pius X that was named after St. Pius X of all people who gave this great warning against modernism? <clears throat> and they want to unite themselves in, in one church with a, a, a false faith of modernism and the false religion that comes from modernism, the Novus Ordo, the, the New Order religion with its new mass and its new sacraments. And they claim that they can have traditional Catholic faith and traditional Catholic religion within the, within the confines, within the fold of this, this anti-Catholic, anti-Christian religion. And, and faith system called modernism. How they can possibly uh, even fantasize about the possibility of this, I have no idea. Would you say that confusion applies to the clergy and the faithful alike? Well, as far as I know. I mean, there have been many members of the clergy in the Society of St. Pius the Fifth, Pius the Tenth, I beg your pardon, who have either left them or been, been thrown out unceremoniously, just basically evicted because they've objected to what is being done at headquarters uh, of the Society of St. Pius X. There have been, as I understand it, well over a hundred priests <clears throat> who have been either um, thrown out or left on their own. And who knows how many seminarians, for that matter. And the laity themselves, I mean, those who have not been completely brainwashed by the propaganda coming from the pulpits there. Um, recently, the, the priest who is leading the, the charge uh, <clears throat> across the river uh, there in, in, in Covington, in Kentucky, uh, gave a, a long talk justifying as to why he had the local Novus Ordo bishop come to their school, why he introduced him as their bishop, and so on, why he continues to say that he is their bishop. And uh, he, this, the priest went on and on and on for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and it sounded as though, as, he, as though he was trying to find an argument that was convincing, perhaps even to himself. <clears throat> but he was obviously trying to convince people who were present there, <clears throat> who were very skeptical. And I, I gathered that just from what he said. I didn't hear anybody voicing any objections. But he was just going on and on and around and around. Some might say I do at times. <clears throat> Falsely, of course. But trying to find an argument to justify what he's doing here, but um, this is where they're headed now. And all I can say, if, if, if there are tr really traditional Catholics out there who are tied up with the Society of St. Pius X <clears throat> and want to find their future as traditional Catholics with the Society of St. Pius X, I would, I would be not only worried, I'd be, I'd be terrified, <laughs> I'd be horrified <clears throat> at the overtures they're making and they're being made to them by the Novus Ordo. And I would make it uh, absolutely clear that I, I'm out of here. If, when they tie that knot and they form that kind of <clears throat> mystical marriage, not from heaven, quite the contrary, uh, between the Novus Ordo and modernism, the religion of, the, of modernism, the Novus Ordo, when they tie that, 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 that bond and get that unholy marriage going, with the Society of St. Pius X, I would say that that is adultery, as, Saint, as the prophets of old warned, that the, the truck between the people of Israel in the Old Testament and the pagan nations was, was called adultery. 
and so it is this is this is in my mind a form of spiritual adultery that the society of saint Pius x is proposing and uh proposing unfortunately making a proposal and uh those who are involved in it would have to stand on their own two feet they're on spiritual feet and say we cannot go along with this we cannot prove this we will not have anything to do with this uh, we will oppose this in any way uh and when you consummate this this spiritual adultery of trying to wed the traditional Catholic faith and religion with the Novus Ordo uh, modernist faith and the Novus Ordo religion, that I want nothing to do with this. I will have nothing to do with this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I will go back to the traditional Catholic faith, hopefully with Saint Pius V Pius V or some other real traditional Catholic priests and bishops. Right. Father, we actually, on a recent program, had a similar question in regards to the Unicum masses and we had a, a response to that where a, a viewer wrote in and said that they're uh, referencing that question about whether Francis's name should be invoked during the mass and our previous viewer said that their resistance pastor insists that to not invoke Francis would be schism. This viewer says I found that to be very contradictory advice from this pastor as the reason the resistance exists within the SSPX is precisely because Bishop Filet was getting too close to Benedict and now Francis and that some priests found this uncomfortable and began to resist. So basically, resistance priests are saying that they acknowledge Francis as the vicar of Christ and invoke his name, but want to stay as far away from him as possible without crossing some supposed schismatic line. They are one with Francis, but at the same time want nothing to do with his magisterium. If they are saying that they are one in faith with Francis, then they, sh they really, really need to get back in his good graces. Right? Right. Right. You know, there is nothing more nonsensical than that resistance position. I'm sorry, but it is absolute nonsense. And the men who are pursuing it have better minds than that. They should, they should understand that that is absolute nonsense. Look, if, if the Novus Ordo is a different religion, if it is not only uh, different from but contrary to the traditional Catholic religion, and if modernism is the anti-faith, anti-Catholicism, as Pope Pius X said it is, then why can the, uh, how can the Society of St. Pius X say they want to wed the two in the same church? They want the, the, to have in one of the same church two different faiths, two different religions that are actually intrinsically opposed to each other, not just different from each other, but antithetical to each other. The only way the Society of St. Pius X can see that you can have one church with two different faiths and two different religions is that they, 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 they acknowledge in their heart of hearts that modernism is not opposed to Catholicism, but is identical with the Catholic faith. It really is the same. And the Novus Ordo practice of modernism, which is the religion of modernism, is actually not opposed to, not even different from the traditional Catholic faith, essentially, but it is essentially the same as the traditional Catholic religion. Then they can say, yes, we can be in the same church with that, because it's basically all the same, okay? Not even different, it's the same. Mm -hmm. And so um, the resistance will have us, uh, what are they trying to say? Are they trying to say that modernism is not Catholicism in faith? that Novus Ordo is not the traditional Catholic religion in its practice, okay? So we can't have anything to do with it. We still have to recognize Francis as being the head of both, though. He's the head of the, the, of the modernist faith and the modernist religion, and the head of the 
traditional Catholic faith and the traditional Catholic religion at the same time. Now, if those are not the same faith and those are not the same religion, how is that possible? And how can you justify that idea in terms of traditional Catholicism anywhere? Mm -hmm. Are you not practicing some kind of spiritual schizophrenia? I just don't see how it's possible that they can't get the message. They can't figure that out. Father, this point that you keep that you keep driving home, has this ever been brought up to the Society of St. Pius X, and have they offered any sort of response to this? Have I ever said these things before? Has anyone? Have I? Have you? Have you ever heard me say these things yes, before? Yes, sir. Okay, so you're answering your question. You've heard me say this before, right? Yes, sir. I'm not the only one who's saying these things. You know these things have been said before. Yes, definitely they've been said before. Have they ever offered They ignore it. They just totally ignore it. You know what they do? Their response is, oh, certificatus, certificatus. <laughs> That's their response, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, getting a cuties, say to the countess. That's no response at all. That tells you they don't have an answer for this, and they don't have the intellectual integrity to even face the question. All I've been, all I've been wanting for years now is for somebody to have the intellectual integrity to even sit down and discuss these points. Just discuss them on a rational basis, you know. Without without throwing around, you know, the, the buzzwords, say to the countess and all the rest. <clears throat> but they don't have the intellectual integrity to even deal with it. Sure. And, uh, and the same with the, the, the priests of the resistance, so-called. Uh, they don't have the intellectual integrity to even, even, even address the question. Now, does that say, what does that tell you? Because they, they, they feel they can't address the question. I mean, we have, we have operating here in the greater tri-state area around Cincinnati, we have priests, well, we have clergymen who are ordained in the Novus Ordo. They've come here, they've set up, they're, they're, they're in lockstep with, with, the, with the Novus Ordo bishop down here in Covington, fully recognized by him. He's using them basically to put kind of a traditional f- facade on what he's doing. I say, okay, we've got this flavor too. Yes, we have this flavor, we've got this flavor, we've got this flavor, but we also have traditional Catholicism as a flavor that you can try it. If you like that flavor, by all means, comes, come to our ice cream shop because we have the flavors you like, okay? We have the most radical, uh, modernist, and we have the most conservative, you know, uh, also, and all the flavors in between. You know, the colors of the rainbow. <clears throat> so you, you talk to these men and you try to, you, you ask them a very simple question. Can you have one church with two different religions? within one church. Can you have one church with two different faiths within the same church? One church professing two different faiths and practicing two different religions. Can you do that? Is it legitimate? The whole idea of a church, right, seems to be antithetical to that. I use the word antithetical because, I mean, it just contradicts the whole concept of having two different faiths and two different religions in one church. That's our Catholic concept of church, right? So you can actually, now now the modernists would say, well, sure, big tent, big umbrella. I mean, actual religion is based upon your experience. Everybody has different experiences. So basically, you have as many faiths as you have people experiencing God in some way or another, each in his own personal way. So to a modernist, there's no problem there. Because the, the modernist does not believe in the principle of non-contradiction. Because the modernist is essentially out of his mind, he's essentially a crazy person. He is, there's nothing rational about it. It's all a matter of experience and feeling 
for a modernist, that's, that's all there is to it. You know, it's like modern philosophy, existentialism. It is not rational. You have to start with the irrational principles and begin to try to find some reason from there. But you're starting with the wrong principles. You're always going to wind up in an irrational place, starting with the wrong irrational principles. How, no matter how iron, ironclad your logic is from that, if you start with the wrong principles, you're going to wind up in the wrong place. Right. And that's the way it is with modern philosophy. <clears throat> totally contrary to scholasticism, Thomism, and all the rest. Now, look, you know, you're dealing with those who say they're traditional Catholics. You expect it to be different. You expect them to start with the right principles. Like the Tooks, you expect them to start with the right principles. They can be ironclad in their reasoning from false principles, but they will not discuss the false principles where they start. And the same with the, uh, <clears throat> with the Novus Ordo, the conservative Novus Ordo, the traditional Novus Ordo. I mean, it's an oxymoron. Like traditional modernism. Modernist traditionalism. How can you do that? It doesn't make sense. <clears throat> so they don't want to look at the principles. They don't want to discuss these things. Because they know that if they do, if you bring them back to the first principles of the, of the Catholic faith, you, they know that you've got them. And they have, you have questions they cannot answer. <clears throat> is, there, is it possible that in one church... <clears throat> with a church as we understand the church to be, a real church, such as Christ would establish. You can have two, not only different, in this case, not only different faiths, but even, even just two different faiths, but even two contrary faiths, when you have modernism and Catholicism, and two different mutually opposed religions that come from each of those two, right, enemies that St. Pius X said cannot exist together. One will necessarily destroy the other. Modernism and Catholicism, right? <clears throat> and when you ask them that question, they just completely ignore it. They will not answer that. I haven't even had one get back to me to say, well, no, of course you can't. You can't have two different religions and two different faiths behind the religions, in the same church. I've never even had one come back and say that much, but then say, but you have to realize that what happened in Vatican II and the aftermath of Vatican II, that really wasn't a different faith. And the Novus Ordo really isn't a different religion. Now, if they want to argue that point, they can at least try to salvage that point and argue the point, well, is the Novus Ordo really a different religion? <clears throat> is modernism really a different b belief from a traditional Catholicism? Okay, then they can make some kind of case that you can have them both in the same church. If you can argue that modernism really is, in its essence, Catholicism, the Catholic faith, and the Novus Ordo practice really is, in its essence, traditional Catholic religion, religious practice, then you can make a case why they could be united with the current Novus Ordo, right? But not a single one of them, to, to me at least, has ever suggested arguing those points. They just simply ignore the question. That to me is, is, the, is the most blatant form of intellectual dishonesty. Right. I don't know if that answers your question, but the answer to your question is, <laughs> it's been said to them, yes, yeah. have they ever deigned <clears throat> to even <clears throat> respond, no. Have they ever deigned to even acknowledge the question? No, they haven't. <clears throat> if it seems that I'm 
that I'm unhappy about this fact, yes, the answer is I'm very unhappy about this fact that I can't hide it. I, I, I just don't think it's being genuine with the people. And that's the thing that concerns me. I think there are like Pied Pipers leading, leading all of these good souls back into the jaws of, the, of modernism again. Okay. Well, Father, let's go to another email here. This one, I believe it sounds like it's from a, a Novus Ordo Catholic who says, I have been following your videos on YouTube. Um, he says, I, I've been wondering if the tabernacle is moved to the side or the back rather than in the center of the sanctuary, why are the priests still waving the incense up the middle? The crucifix, now mostly replaced by a figure of the resurrected Christ or just a plain cross, is the only thing besides a high-backed chair for the celebrant or a bishop in a cathedral that the priest or bishop is waving the incense at. What is the reason for this? Also, I was too young to be able to attend a traditional Mass, and from what I saw in an old book in our religion subject during grade school, we celebrated Mass ad orientum. I do wish we bring the tabernacle back in the center and we return the altar back to the center of the sanctuary and the current sacrificial table in the back of the sacristy. The Catholic Mass is becoming more and more Protestant. He has a few examples of different seminars that he attended and, and says that there's less Catholic catechism and there's more of the touchy-feely good movement that involves, a, that it feels a lot more Protestant than Catholic. Now, this is a, a, a fellow who is a Novus Ordo Catholic. I believe so. And he's going to the Novus Ordo. I believe so. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, as far as them waving incense around, <clears throat> got me. I didn't know they even bothered with it anymore. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if they burned anything, let alone incense. They might burn traditional Catholics, but I didn't know they were burning incense. <clears throat> and what they're waving the incense at, I have no idea. I mean, they might be waving it at the congregation, worshiping the congregation. <clears throat> you know, for, forget this idea of a table. There's not the thing of a table of sacrifices, an altar of sacrifice, but they don't even have the relics of the martyrs there anymore. So it really is just a, a, a table for a meal. That's all it is. Why they would incense that, I don't know. Who, unless they're doing a Jewish Seder. Do they, do they burn incense around the table at a Jewish Seder for Passover meal? I don't know, Tom. So I would just have to tell this gentleman that I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that I don't know. And I don't know because I'm not there and I haven't seen them do this. <clears throat> um... What do they have to worship? What do they have to adore anymore? I mean, uh, you know, incense is a form of adoration, right? It is a sign of adoration. Genuflecting is a, is a form of adoration. Why would anybody go into a Novus Ordo church and genuflect? What are you going to genuflect to, you know? Um, <clears throat> uh, any more than any Protestant church, right? Uh, if, if you believed in the real presence that our, our Lord is truly present there, body, soul, um, you know, you, body, blood, soul, and divinity, then you would adore that presence, that divine presence of our Lord there. But even that they've taken off to the side and um, banished it to some broom closet off to the side, usually in some kind of uh, structure that looks like some, some twisted metal accident that somebody had. Um, and um, the you know there there is no concept of blessed sacrament anymore. So what on earth do they have left to even pay reverence to in the Novus Ordo? Um, which makes it basically a form of idolatry. If they're trying to pay divine honors or latria adoration to something that isn't there, then you know it's nothing but idolatry. 
So uh, I, I must say, I, I don't know what they're waving the incense at anymore. I don't know why they even bother. And, I, and this man should realize that and understand there's nothing there. He shouldn't be there. As a Catholic, he shouldn't be there. Party to that. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> the other thing he mentions is, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what, what, is, what is that second thing he brought up? About the Catholic Mass becoming <clears throat> more and more Protestant. He says he was too young to ever attend a traditional Mass, but from an old book on our religion subject during grade school, he saw that they celebrated Mass at Orientum, and he wished they would bring the tabernacle. Yeah, at Orientum, yes. Well, like they, some, they offered Mass at Orientum because of the significance of the rising of our, the sun, uh, being emblematic of the rising of our Lord from the dead, right? And um, they, they've obliterated that because they want the reference point for their liturgy to be the people. Everything has to be said toward the people, wherever they are. It has to be said toward the people because basically the worship is at the congregation. Even the hymns they offer, that the congregation is singing about being Christ, basically. Um, so, I mean, that's about the only thing they have left to incense, the people. Um, that's where their adoration goes. The people are basically worshiping themselves, and essentially. That, that does because define, Christ is within them. That does define Protestantism. That's mm -hmm. what it is. That's what their service is. That's about. exactly what it is, yeah. You know, well, why would they take the host and they take it and put it off on the side? Why would they take the, the, the chalice, the, the cup, and pour it out somewhere in the end? Why would they take that focal point of the presence of God there? Because it, it conflicts with the presence of, of Christ in the people and their sense of being the presence of Christ there. That's the focus now of the Novus Ordo. Is that Protestantism? Well, I would say it is, it is Protestantism on steroids. It is the, the first, the worst form of Protestantism, really. A form of uh, self-worship of the congregation, of the people, of mankind, the masses, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I think this gentleman already knows enough to realize that if he wants to be Catholic, he can't be going to that Novus Ordo and expect that he's involved in Catholic worship there. He's going to false worship. Mm -hmm. Father, why, why is it so hard? I feel like we get a lot of emails like this of um, persons who are perhaps involved in the Novus Ordo in, in some way, and they see all of these problems, and they'll send us emails saying, I, I see this, that this seems so wrong, why are they doing this? We get a lot of emails like that, and yet these individuals seem continue to remain a part of the Novus Ordo. Why is it so hard if they see all of these things wrong? Why not just come back to true traditional Catholicism? Uh, because it takes sacrifice and, and a certain, they have to emotionally detach themselves, and that's hard. I mean, the emotional attachments to a church building, to, you know, family, friends, you know, that's, it's hard to do. Imagine the, the earliest, well, our, our Lord drawing the people to him when our Lord was there. There were people who turned away from him because of their attachments, right? And our Lord says, uh, anyone who loves father, brother, sister, lands, whatever, more than me is not worthy of me. Now, there's a reason why our Lord said that. Um, he, was, he himself, our Lord himself, was facing that, and he knew we would face it too. Mm -hmm. So all of these attachments to the things of the world, no wonder our Lord says, if you're attached to those more than me, you're not worthy of me. Okay. Remember the rich young man who turned sadly away? He was keeping all of the commandments, but he wasn't ready to give up the world. So it is with people like that, too, I think. I don't mean to judge them uh, without knowing them, but you ask a question generally. Why is it that people intellectually realize something is very wrong with this, that it's not Catholicism? Uh, why are they even offended by it? Because it offends their beliefs. 
of, and, the, and it even offends them because they have a certain love for our Lord that is being offended by what they see there. And yet they cannot pry themselves away from tar baby there <clears throat> that is holding them firmly in, in the grip there. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't help but think that the tar, the tar is holding them. The, the emotional attachment to the things of the world and to the people of the world that will not let them go. Okay. Father, another email here. Uh, this viewer would like to know if uh, you believe it is possible that um, traditional Catholics who were perhaps, or, or, or rather baptized and practiced the traditional faith before Vatican II, and then this Vatican II happened during their lifetime and they went along with these changes, would it be possible for some of them to be invincibly ignorant? Uh, well, it, I think it would be possible for them to be in, in, invincibly ignorant in, in, in this sense, okay? Uh, for example, I, I know people back then who went along with the changes, even though they found them personally abhorrent, because they believed that the hierarchy of the church was going that way, and the hierarchy of the church is divinely guided, and, and it cannot be mistaken. It could not possibly be foisting upon them a false religion. They weren't thinking in terms of modernism. I mean, remember, John Twenty-Third came in here and started Vatican II, and he was using all of the linguo, I mean, aggiornamento, bringing the church up to date with the modern world, making the church relevant to the modern world. This is all, this, this is just modernist vocabulary. And, uh, but nobody was making the connection between what he was saying and what he was doing in modernism. Oddly enough, I don't remember any priest ever back when, even those who were very much against the changes, drawing the connection and saying, this is modernism. It's as though that the, the, in, their, in their education, it had simply not, it, it was a void. They, 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 they were not able to make that, that association between what they were witnessing and the modernism that St. Pius X had already condemned them, saying, don't do this, don't go along with this, <laughs> have nothing to do with this. And um, so the people who are sitting there in the pews, they see these changes coming down the line. And, you know, it creates a kind of dilemma in their mind. It really is a dilemma for them, wondering, well, this is coming from the Church, the Church of Christ, the Holy Father, the Pope, the Vicar of Christ, and we're being told that we have to do this. And we find this offensive. But are they wrong or are we wrong? And many people made the decision, well, there must be something wrong with my thinking. And they went along with this. It was worse than having a gun to their backs. Because many people like that, if, if some avowed enemy of the faith, an avowed enemy of Christ, had come up and put a gun to their back and their heads and said, you accept this new religion, many of them would have given their lives as martyrs. But when they have the voice of the shepherd, they think, coming from the Vatican saying, you must do this, that is worse than, than the threat of martyrdom. Now they have a real crisis of conscience. What do I do? What do I do here? And many of them went along purely and simply because they thought it was the only thing they could honestly do. That it was the voice of the church, and for them, that was the voice of Christ telling them, this is what I want you to do now. And it, it tore them apart inside, but they went along with it. And it gradually, gradually, they came to accept it. Okay? It ate away at their faith. It ate away at their love for our Lord. It ate away at that. Some of it actually did, it did not, because we still see people after all these years who still have the traditional Catholic faith and still have a real love for our Lord, and yet they're still convinced that this is the voice of Christ and this is the voice of, of the Church telling them you must do this, rather than the voice of modernists and Freemasons and all the rest who've gotten in. 
<clears throat> to those positions and are abusing their faith, they're abusing their confidence, they're abusing, abusing their love for God to keep them. There are still plenty of people like that in the Nova Sorda too. We find them all the time and often we find them coming back. Even at this late date, find them coming back to the traditional faith. Come into terms with the fact that this was an, the work of an enemy of Christ and we have to go back to the traditional faith. <clears throat> After all these years, they find their way back. I give God the credit for that and them also the credit for cooperating with the grace that God is giving them. Yes, I do believe that one can uh, be in good faith and going along with this Novus Ordo. Tom, I have to. How else can I explain that virtually every Sunday that goes by, I see people who have come fresh from the Novus Ordo back to the traditional faith. Their eyes are open. They see it for what it is. They've been going along with it, and they tell you, I went along with it in good faith because I thought it was the right thing to do, but now I see clearly it's not. They still have the faith. They still have a love for our Lord. That's what brought them back here after all this time. Is it possible? Yeah, evidently it is. Mm -hmm. This viewer here, he, um, he gives the example of a lot of his personal family members. He said uh, how it, he says it's really disheartening to see that they're so deceived and they don't know the true Catholic faith and they, don't, uh, they won't do any research to kind of yeah. verify that the, the mass, the new mass is not Catholic. But he asked, Father, that... Um, as far as the guilt or, or the the blame to be to be placed for Vatican II and all the errors that that fought, flowed from that, obviously the cardinals and the bishop and the priests have, they have responsibility for that. But do the faithful also the parishioners of all these priests and bishops on do they share some of the responsibility for the errors? That well, I mean, I think that gets back to what you just mentioned there. You mentioned this man is disheartened about the reaction of his of his relatives. Well, often in talking to our relatives, we find out that either they've lost the faith entirely. You know, when you're talking to them about the traditional Catholic faith and coming back to traditional Catholic religion, and they, what they say and that their reaction is a very clear statement that they've rejected that traditional Catholic faith. And they've rejected that traditional Catholic religion. And so you tell them things about sacrileges and blasphemies that are being done, performed, and spoken, and they, they find no problem with these things. They've embraced them as the norm. They've lost their faith entirely. Right? There's, there's nothing that's going to move them except some special grace from God. Uh, they've, they've, lost, they've lost the faith and they've lost the love for Christ. That They've lost the faith that makes them react horrified against blasphemy. They've lost their love for Christ that makes them horrified by sacrilege. And when they are no longer horrified by blasphemy and sacrilege, they've lost their faith, their hope, their charity, their love even for God. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about those who have never made their peace with the Novus Ordo and have always felt really uncomfortable there, maybe not even be sure why. They're horrified by blasphemies, they're horrified by sacrileges. They may be even there praying and thinking they're making reparation to God for these things, but they don't know what else to do. And suddenly God enlightens them. You know, your faith and your, your love for God belong here with the traditional faith. That's where you belong. They find, they discover that. That happens, as I say, Sunday by Sunday by Sunday, holy day by holy day, people find their way back to the traditional faith. So, yeah, I would say, you know, for those who are horrified by what they see in their relatives, because their relatives uh, are, not, are not against blasphemy and sacrilege anymore, then I would say, as far as they're concerned, 
they have lost the faith and they've, lo- they've lost their love for God and there's really not much you can do for them but pray. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for those who are ta- you're talking to and you find that they're suffering because of the Novus Ordo and they're suffering because of a love for Christ and they realize there's something wrong there, then don't give up on them. Do everything you can to bring them over because they still have enough faith and enough love for our Lord <clears throat> to be scandalized by the Novus Ordo. And that's a miracle of grace, really, after all this time. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the, the, the second point you made there, I, I, I focused on that right away when you read that. But I think that might be partially an answer for the rest of it. What, what is the rest of it again? I'm sorry. About if the parishioners and the Catholic faithful, if they share some responsibility. Are they responsible? Well, again, it gets down to this. But of course they do, you know. If, they have, if they've lost the faith because of the Novus Ordo, uh, they could not lose the faith unless they, they somehow cooperated with that. In other words, grace is a supernatural gift from God that can't be taken away unless one is willing to give it up. Charity is a supernatural gift from God. It can't just be taken away, like surgery, where you just remove a gallbladder. One has to be willing to give it up. And uh, then I I would say that, yes, if one says, uh, here's of all of these blasphemies and sacrileges going on in the Basardo, and has no reaction to them whatsoever, Does either care, could care less, or even applauds them, I would say that person, I, I did personally don't see how that person can be guiltless and not, not have some responsibility for his loss of faith or loss of charity towards God, such that he would be offended by seeing God insulted. I mean, one of the prime examples of that recently is this, this Met Gala they had. You know, it's a party, it's supposedly the greatest party of the year, as they touted. The Metropolitan Opera, it's a great fundraiser, right? Or the, the Met, anyway, I should say. I even have something here about the, the Met Gala. And you have a man like Timothy Dolan. He's supposedly the Cardinal Archbishop of New York. He was present for it. I mean, the Vatican actually sent uh, sacred artifacts to be part of this presentation at the Met. And it is a nothing but a, a, a bold-faced mockery of the church and a mockery of Christ uh, by people like uh, Katy Perry and uh, Rihanna and all the rest of these people who make a living off of mocking Christ and mocking the faith, our faith. And they're dressed up in these lewd fashions with symbols of like a mitre, crosses, and so on and so forth. This is an absolute blatant mockery of everything we hold sacred. And Timothy Dolan, the cardinal there, says there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing offensive, nothing blasphemous at all. You know, here's here's what he's quoted as saying in LifeSite News. I did not find the spirit of the evening. By the way, this is, I think, May 7th, recently, when they had this huge party. Uh, The theme of it was uh, Vatican culture, Catholic culture, you know. And uh, the, the, the Cardinal Archbishop of New York, under... Francis, of course, his name had to be mentioned, uh, defended the controversial 2018 Met Gala as a, quote, celebration of what we call the evangelization of culture, end quote. (coughs) Now, that is the biggest bunch of baloney, uh, uh, spiritual nonsense that the modernists have contrived, uh, the evangelization of culture by putting Rihanna in a bishop's mitre? How shallow can these people get? There is no limit 
to the shallow uh, depths to which they can descend. You know? And uh, here he continues, I did not find the spirit of the evening to be offensive or blasphemous at all. Blasphemous at all. I mean, this, this sycophant is there being fawned on by all these celebrities. And as long as they're all fawning on him, treating him as, so, as some kind of a buffoon, Right? He's happy. And he doesn't even have the sense to realize that he's being treated like a buffoon by these very people, or mocking what he represents, or supposedly represents anyway. I did not find the spirit of the evening to be offensive or blasphemous at all. The cardinal called, told crooks, that's a Catholic publication so-called, of the event where a victorious secret model dressed as a sexy cardinal alongside dozens of other celebrities in sultry Catholic-themed outfits. This tells you something, okay? Quote, Was some of it edgy? Yes, but I never met any person that, not who, that seemed to be snippy or snotty about the church or who intended anything to be offensive. End of quote, said Dolan. Okay? Now, this man is really deep, Okay? Very, very intellectually deep man, okay? Obviously. That's why he's a cardinal now, because he has such theological depth to him that because he didn't see anybody being snippy or snotty about the church, not with him anyway, there's nothing offensive to him anyway, okay? The fact that you have all of this blasphemy and sacrilege going on around him against Christ, he doesn't care. He couldn't care less about it. What is offensive to Christ? It's about him. It's all about him. That's what the Novus Ordo was all about. You know. He continued, quote, We could have had a lecture at the museum on the Catholic imagination, and not too many people may have showed up. What does that tell you? What does it tell him? doesn't tell him a thing. Especially the crowd from last night. But when you do an evening like that, you get everybody. I rest my case. Can he figure out why? No. Quote, Boy, you talk about the public square with some of the movers and shakers who were there, and they're reminded of positive memories of the church and of devotions, prayers, traditions, and liturgies, as many of them told me they were. This could only be for the good of the church. Yeah, they're reminded of these things to mock them, to spit at them. Hand of a crucifix. Oh, it reminds them of the crucifix. They spin at it. Isn't that wonderful? We reminded them of something Catholic. What 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 non what what idiocy is this? I'm sorry. Father. What insanity is this? Quote, I was really happy to have been there. If this helps people rediscover those roots, then hallelujah, it's a winner. End quote. You know, the article goes on, other celebrity costumes at the Met Gala included a sexualized Blessed Virgin Mary, Rihanna dressed as a pope, and flesh-flashing outfits adorned with Christian symbols, as Piers Morgan put it. I don't know if you know who Piers Morgan is, but anyway, we won't get into that. said he was born Catholic, not so much of a practicing Catholic, but he was offended by it too. And he was mocked for being offended by it. I mean, my goodness, Tom, are these people so completely gone not only to any sense of common decency, that you have a, a cardinal of the new church uh, saying these things. Uh, how can anybody left in the Novus Ordo 
know about this and and ha have give any credence to that at all anymore. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Father, th this reminds me of, uh, of I remember you you said that someone once told you that you could fill all of your the pews in your churches uh, more more easily if you would only embrace birth control and things of that nature that you could you could fill the church a lot more and it seems that um, you know that the church has been relegated it's some kind of popularity context almost now where I know uh, Cardinal Dolan Timothy Dolan he was one of the front runners to uh, possibly or succeed Benedict and uh, now it seems just today in the news actually there was a uh, an article saying that Francis had hinted at the idea of retirement sometime mm -hmm. soon and um, it just makes you think that Perhaps he's Cardinal Dolan here is trying to position himself to win this kind of popularity contest. You know, I, th I think uh, Pope Tim would be a great Novus Ordo Pope. I think I, you know, let's face it. I think Rihanna would vote for him. I think uh, Katy Perry would vote for him. I think uh, I think everybody in hell would vote for him too. I think they'd all think he'd make a wonderful Novus Ordo Pope if they decided to open the polls to them. You know, <laughs> I think that'd be fun. You know what? Uh, you know what, um, if, if, if our Lord, when he was being mocked, if he had just laughed and gone along with it and got the joke, I think the, 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 they all would have been very happy to have tarred and feathered him and put him through all that, but never found the need to crucify him because they would find that he was just making a mockery of himself. And that's what these people are doing. They're making absolute fools of themselves. Um, but they're trying to make a fool of God, and that's not going to work. They're trying to make a fool of our Lord. Timothy Dolan may make a buffoon of himself, but he's not going to make a buffoon of our Lord. Our Lord was not in on this joke. He would, did not laugh when they taunted him and made fun of him and mocked and ridiculed him. Timothy does. Tim Dolan does, right? But to God is not mocked. There will be a very severe price to pay for this. A horrible price to pay. I would just say anybody who is in any way involved with the Novus Ordo, and anybody who's threatened threatened with being involved in the Novus Ordo, and the Society of St. Pius X should take a lesson from this and say, we're not going there. If we're involved, we're out of there, we're getting as far away from that as we can, and we're going back to practice the traditional Catholic faith. And if the Society of St. Pius X intends to tie the knot with the Novus Ordo, I'd say anybody who has an ounce of traditional Catholic faith left, he should immediately say, I'm not going there. Bye. You know, sayonara, guys. Mm -hmm. But I am, I'm going back to the practice of the traditional Catholic faith in that alone. You're not going to marry me in a shotgun wedding to the Novus Ordo. Sure. Well, thank you, Father. I think this has been a very... Uh should I say passionate? Very, I would say low-key program. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here tonight, but I appreciate well, your time. You're very welcome, Tom. Thank yep. you. God no bless problem. you. Thanks to all of our viewers as well for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady of Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to pray and do penance. Thank you, and God bless you.